0: Welcome to the Answers from Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Lillow. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Today we have Josh Andrews with us. Josh is a business lawyer who helps small business owners and entrepreneurs develop a clear legal plan to protect their business as it grows. He podcasts, blogs, and spends his time giving entrepreneurs a clear path to legal protection. He believes growing your business can only happen if you have a firm foundation. Josh, what else can you tell us about yourself?
1: Uh, well, first, I am, I'm a child of God. I am a husband, a father of four um, awesome children. God has blessed me with a, a wonderful family. Uh, though my wife and I don't view our quiver as full, uh, we do think that we have quite an amazing, uh, quiver, uh, and I've spent the last 12 years and some change learning how to become a leader in my field as a lawyer, as well as becoming a leader at home. Uh, I just celebrated my 12th wedding anniversary and, uh, so, uh, all kinds of things. Um, I'm a lawyer, like you said, I'm not the blood sucking kind. Uh, I also, I blog about law. Um, and a lot of that actually started as part of my leadership journey uh, because I knew after going through law school, I worked for traditional law firms. I was married. I had one of my four kids at the time. And I knew I knew that field that I chosen wasn't going to allow me to be the family man that I wanted to be, you know, working 15, 16 hours a day. And, you know, there were times where I just wasn't home or I'd come home just to take a shower and go back to the office. And uh, so when I, when I graduated, I, I set out to build a law practice that would allow me to put my family first. And through my work with entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and small business, I realized that my voice was actually guiding and educating those who were trying to cast a vision and create a platform for themselves and that I was there helping them see the path forward. And when I realized that I, uh, and I le- started learning more about blogging and podcasting, and I realized that I could potentially speak to more people and, and help more people and guide them in this way, um, because uh, you know I view law in a very different way, but law is so important when you're trying to build something the right way. So I love to learn uh, pe- to learn to help people learn how to uh, run a business better. Um, to raise support for their family, recognizing that family is such an integral part to what you're doing. um, And to realize that business isn't always about working long hours, though sometimes you must, but it's about creating systems and processes and leading, uh, whether it's your team or your family in the direction you're trying to go. Um, And we live in a world now where it's possible to support your family and see them too. And so... I've moved in that direction. I, I like to work with people so that they can do that and help uh, entrepreneurs do that while protecting and creating that firm foundation. Because I want to see every entrepreneur and business owner have access to quality information on legal so that they can do that uh, so that they're not wondering whether or not they're doing it right and wasting time trying to figure things out uh, when they could be spending time with their family. And so that's how I, I view my role, um, I guess, in the online world and even offline.
0: Awesome. I, I love how you wanted to put your family first. We see a lot of leaders that fail to do that.
1: They they work those long hours like you were talking about, and you know the family goes to the wayside. It's I, I do view it as yeah. A lot of times leaders uh, forget that uh, their first calling was their family. You know their their first calling was to be a husband uh, or a father or a or a mother or a wife. You know uh, when you're leading, sometimes you forget that that there's other spheres of influence in your life and uh you know that's one of the reasons that you know Paul talked about being single and because single people get to do things differently than married people do you know uh because you do have something else to put first you know you're leading your family and uh you know I was married very young my wife and I were both 20 um and uh you know we've kind of grown up together but as a father uh and as a husband you know we've had to you know, I've had to lead us through that as we've kind of grown up, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, but I do think it's very important, and um, it's been a, a very big part of my journey uh, as a leader in the business world um, because it started as a leader at home.
0: We all face difficulties as we lead. What difficulties have you encountered?
1: Through in my leadership journey, um, uh, the Lord has placed me in some interesting circumstances because I have a tendency to be the youngest person um, in a leadership position, Uh, whether it was during law school. You know, I was working with uh, the law firm I was working with. Older lawyers have been practicing for a long time, starting their own practice and helping them figure it out. Um, Like I said, I became a husband at 20, a father at 21. Um, At the time where we were in uh, our church in Birmingham, Alabama, I was the youngest father with the oldest child. And so I knew all of these other men who'd been married a lot longer than I had, and I could ask those questions. But I had a three-year-old, and they had a newborn. And so it was hard to ask discipline questions. It was hard to, you know. And so my difficulties in in, uh, kind of coming up as a leader have been, I've always been, younger than so many other people, but I've been placed in this leadership uh, position. So it's been hard for me to seek, uh, seek counsel and guidance. And that's been a very difficult thing for me, uh, which I do find is a very important element of of becoming a strong leader is finding that guidance. And so that's been probably my biggest difficulty is actually finding someone who kind of uh, can help guide me through certain circumstances and, and things like that, you know, finding that mentor. So I've, been a lot of time reading and studying and, you know, just consuming everything I can to learn as much as I can, uh, because sometimes I do feel like, you know, I'm, I'm put in that position for for whatever reason, that's that's the position the Lord's put me in.
0: All right. It sounds like it's a pretty tough position to be in. Have you learned anything from that?
1: I mean, I've learned uh, a lot from, from those types of situations, um, and it all— you know, really started for me, and I, I do view it as you know being put in situations like that. Uh, a lot of you know, you kind of had the opportunity to be you know caught up in your situation and complain about what it is, or to rise above it. Um, and a lot of that started for me when I was fourteen. My parents were divorced, you know, uh, and it rocked my world. Right, you know, my perfect Christian family wasn't anymore. You know, we were the family that was always there together. We were in church. My my dad led Sunday school, and we were perfect. And then one day. My parents weren't together anymore. And at that time in my life, you know, when most kids are struggling with anger and pain and all the things you deal with when you're a young teenager, that was added on top. But I had a little brother who was going through it. And I was in, you know, a circumstance, you know, placed in that circumstance even early on in my life and realized that I had to kind of step up, um, which is actually where I actually came into youth leadership. I started taking those kind of positions. I sought out my uh, my, youth, my youth minister at the time, and he kind of took me under his wing, and then I came into leadership in the youth group and started doing those types of things and, and realized that I, I was able to take that difficult circumstance that felt like it was overwhelming, where I was overwhelmed, and take those small little steps to move forward and 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 get to a new place and realize that those difficult circumstances were actually a learning opportunity for me to kind of move forward and I've used all of those circumstances for me taking those small steps, finding the next step, even though it's completely overwhelming and you feel like you don't know what you're doing but taking that next step and moving forward um, has been the biggest lesson is to just uh, to you know because it, it just seems so big and overwhelming but if you can just figure out how to put your foot, your next foot forward, right? The Lord says his word is a light unto your path, not, you know, a spotlight over everything, right? So we see the next step and that's where we need to need to move forward.
0: And the work that you do,
1: you help people deal with disputes, right? Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, practicing law is dealing with disputes, that's for sure. So why do you think we we face disputes as we lead? Well, disputes are part of human nature, right? Uh, And so if we view dispute as conflict, um, we can recognize that as part of the fall, right? It's, in fact, some could argue the reason for the fall is that uh, Adam and Eve were in conflict with God, right? Because Satan was in conflict with God. And humans have been in conflict with God ever since the fall, right? And ultimately, you know, Christ, uh, Christ's return is going to be the end of that conflict, right? He's provided this path forward. And so, but if we recognize that conflict is part of our sin nature, that that's what we do. We we are in conflict with one another because our natures are in conflict with God. And then if you add on to that wanting to lead a bunch of sinful humans in a particular direction, all of a sudden conflict is going to become a big part of it. And you're working to guide you know, everyone in, in one direction, you know, I work with a lot of business owners, obviously, so everybody's doing things and then people have a disagreement, whether it's partners or vendors or, you know, you kind of disagree over that direction to move forward. But human relationship is, is you know, it's a relationship between two or more fallen individuals who are sinful and conflicts going to happen. And the question isn't how to avoid conflict, because a lot of people come to me and say, How can I keep this from being a conflict? How can I keep from getting sued? How can, you know, th- those are the questions I get. But you, but you can't. That's the reality. We're going to have conflict. The question isn't how to avoid it. Or now we can do some things to limit it by, by doing, you know, by leading properly, but, but it's going to happen. And the question is, how do we as leaders work to make those conflicts into opportunities to teach those we lead? or more importantly, to share the gospel with those who've never heard it before.
0: How can we handle these disputes biblically?
1: Well, dealing with disputes biblically can be tough, uh, namely because even as leaders, you know, oftentimes it's our sin that's caused it, right? You know, some, somewhere we may have been the ones that have, have, have created that conflict because we've done something sinful. Um, and so a lot of it starts with finding that log in your own eye and figuring out what it is um but as leaders it's important that we step back and realize that it is our business to be an ambassador of Christ no matter what we lead in whether it's business or it's church or it's our family our job is to be an ambassador of Christ to spread the gospel wherever we go and then if we recognize that conflict uh, and disputes provide an opportunity for us to glorify God serve other people and grow to be like Christ then moving forward in disputes and conflict Becomes a huge opportunity to lead. And those things are really what leadership is anyway, right? We want to glorify God. We want to serve other people. We want to grow to be like Christ, who is the ultimate of servant leaders. And if we think in this way, we can be prepared to completely overhaul the way that we lead and we can glorify God and we can make disciples, which is ultimately what we're trying to do anyway. Um, an example, if, if uh, you, you'd like to hear it, um, might go into actually how I got started as a lawyer. Um, as a Christian lawyer, I struggle with a lot of things like I said about you know getting started with practice and, and how that impacted my family life and, and some of, just some of the things that I was asked to do right working in your traditional law firms being led by you know unbelieving attorneys and, and recognizing my responsibility to the client and my responsibility under the law, well the laws of our nation aren't the Bible and so in some instances I was asked to do things that, you know, didn't fall in line with my beliefs or or where I was. And in some cases that was even for clients that were believers. And and what I started to see was they're asking to do those things because that's what everybody's saying. And no one is stepping back and saying, listen, you know, the our biblical worldview is important in everything. It is part of our entire life. And You know, for me, that included how I worked with my clients, how I talked to them, how I counsel them. I'm very open with clients, whether they're believers or unbelievers, that I am a Christian and that the Bible and the word of God does inform how I'm going to give you counsel and what I'm going to explain. Um, And so I do think that as a leader, that if you have that biblical worldview and that you have to acknowledge that everything we do must be to the glory of God. And, you know, and that goes to a biblical worldview of conflict resolution to negotiation, to dealing with other people. You know, uh, if we're willing to fully submit our leadership to God's plan, you know, we can deal with those that we lead and we can help people see their choices from a perspective that's more than what we think we see in the moment. And we're focused on the kingdom and we're focused on eternity. We're focused on changing lives. Listening to you talk about that.
0: You know, have you had clients push back on you for your biblical um, beliefs?
1: I, not often. I've had clients who question my my choices or my counsel, and you know, and and one of the things as a lawyer that I do have to deal with is. You know, that ultimately it's the client's final decision. And I do have to let them know I'm very open with my counsel is going to be based on, you know, my worldview and how I see things. And I I often counsel in that way. But the reality is, is from a business standpoint, for the most part, you know, it's the biblical... Uh, biblical ideas play very well in negotiation (laughs) if you just listen to them. And so I have had some clients who've pushed back or they've wanted to, you know, dive into litigation or they've wanted to take that step. And, you know, my counsel has been, well, you know, I don't believe that we're moving forward properly from a biblical standpoint. But I do always approach in my practice, I'm not necessarily walking all of my clients through biblical reconciliation principles and disputes. I'm walking my believing clients through those because It's hard to force uh, an unbeliever to follow the Bible. They don't view that as what's important. And so it it is, you know, in my practice, I am very open about that. It informs how I give counsel, but I'm not uh, driving unbelieving clients through necessarily biblical reconciliation principles. I'm just allowing the Bible to guide my advice to them. Why
0: is it important for leaders to have
1: counsel? Well, the book of Proverbs is full of instances where we learn that the wise seek the counsel of many, right? And we know that plans fail without counsel. Um, And any leader who's trying to do it themselves is not going to succeed. You know, uh, the strongest leaders, the best leaders that we see, uh, whether they are, you know, in the church or in the business world uh, or founding fathers of our country or whatever they are, they've surrounded themselves by, you know, those who know more than they do about a particular topic, Right. You can't know everything as a leader. That's not your job. You know, you're leading and you're guiding, you're encouraging, and you're helping to bring out qualities in others that they may not see in themselves. And sometimes that's counsel to yourself. Sometimes you have to seek out those, um, you know, who, who know more about a particular topic than you do, you know. Um, I'm a relatively young lawyer. I work with people who've been leading a lot longer than I have, but I know my field because that's what I've studied and what I've focused on. And pe- and and the strong leaders are the ones that seek out that counsel saying, I'm not really sure what this means. Um, and that's very important. It's biblical. It's practical. It's, you know, it's important. Um, you know, and sometimes you want to look for those who've been there before you. Sometimes you just want to look for those who just more experience in a particular topic but trusting in the wisdom of others is a very strong characteristic oh.
0: One of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times is that you're a young lawyer and sometimes people view you a little little differently because of that the counsel that people seek should be older why, um older younger doesn't really matter i want to hear your take on it
1: <laughs> I, I think wisdom is more than age um, I, I do think that there is a lot to be said for wisdom that comes from years, uh, just because you've experienced things, but wisdom can also come from experience. And so in, like in my field, um, I am, you know, I've been practicing law for over seven years. I've been in the legal field for almost 11. Um, so if you wanted to start a new company, chances are that I have wisdom more than you, even if you're. In your mid 50s, and you've been working in businesses your entire life just because I've done this. I've done it a lot of times. Uh, I think the same is true. Uh, it's uh, um, Anecdotally, I guess my my brother is actually older than I am. Um, um, well, I have two brothers, I'm in the middle, but um, my older brother um, has just become a father. So he has a, a four-month-old child. Well, my oldest kid's 11, um, and, uh, which has really been a very interesting for us um, and that I've always sought things from him because he's been married longer than I have. Uh, but uh, you know, now he comes to me for advice on, on how to deal with things because wisdom has come through my experience that he didn't necessarily experience um, in his age only because he hasn't gone through those things the way that I have. Yeah. What do you wish you would have known about leadership 10 years ago? Uh, this, is, this is actually a, a, a tough one because there are so many lessons uh, that you learn in 10 years, right? Um, but uh, one of the big ones that I've learned, uh, whether it is as a lawyer, as a father, as a husband, as a son, as a brother, is leadership is about relationships, and if we are leading, it's not about what we're trying to achieve. You know, we all have big goals. If we're, if we're leading something, we have big goals and big things that we want to achieve. But everything we do is to the glory of God. And ultimately, what glorifies God is those relationships and bringing hearts to Christ and making people more like Christ. Though we should be excellent in everything we do as Christians, it's important to focus on relation—to uh, focus more on relationships than results. So if something isn't going the way you want or you're dealing with somebody who's belligerent or unwilling to yield, I've seen this a lot, you focus on their heart and where they are because you don't know why they're that way. You don't know what's going on. And if you can, as a leader, take a step back and roll your sleeves up and get into their lives, then you may find something that they needed that was more than how to properly draft a contract right? or or whatever you're doing in your is, you know, if you're willing to get into their lives, you may be able to, you know, change their heart and make them more like Christ, which is ultimately our goal anyway, right? Because isn't that our first calling is to actually be ambassadors for Christ and to to focus on the kingdom instead of the immediate? Um, The same is true with your kids. You know, it's really easy to have a kid who does something and to be really upset in the moment about the fact that they spilled milk or whatever. But you know, did they spill milk because they were being defiant or because you kept them up way past bedtime and they were too tired to, you know, is, is there something more to it? And how, as a leader, you have to think about that relationship and what may have caused it and to step back and think about what you might could have done to make it different for those who are looking to you for leadership.
0: All right. Um, um, can you recommend one or two books to help a, a leader grow?
1: Uh, yeah, and I, uh, when you asked me this originally, I, I wanted to find something that I didn't think everybody else would say, uh, so that it was a different book, a couple different books for people to think about. And since we talked a lot about dispute resolution, conflict resolution, uh, two of the books that really changed the way I viewed things was uh, *The Peacemaker* by Ken Sandy, um, and that was uh, the original foundation of what's known as the Christian Conciliation Movement. Uh, alternate dispute resolution is a big thing, you know, in the legal community, mediation arbitration and things, and this is said, okay, if there's a legal way to do this, let's take biblical principles and apply it to conflict resolution. And he wrote this book. He's actually a former lawyer, and it's very practical step-by-step guidance um, on how conflict resolution should work and what it should look like. Um, And then the next one, actually uh, called The Peacemaking Pastor, which is written by Alfred Poyer, and uh, it is actually focused, it's it's viewed from the the standpoint of the pastor. Alfred Poyer is actually Ken Sandy's own pastor and when Ken Sandy embarked on this journey it changed the way Alfred Poyer viewed things and they changed the way that their church operated and peacemaking pastor is a theological view of conflict resolution and you see the theology behind it you understand how it fits in with the gospel and how conflict is such a a constant in our world and how that's one of the greatest evangelism tools is how we deal with uh, Comp resolution. So I would highly recommend both of those books. One, the Ken Sandy book is more practical. The other is more high-level, you know, why it's important. Um, and, and I think they're excellent reads, and they they change the way I operate business. I run things in my family. It just completely changed everything when I read them, and it was almost a decade ago. Awesome. Sounds like you
0: have a lot of passion
1: behind those books. A little bit, yeah.
0: As we wrap-up, do you have anything
1: else you'd like to share with up-and-coming leaders? Uh, yeah, learn all you can. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Those are the two biggest ones. You know, find a mentor, find someone you can talk to and learn from. Like what we said, it's not always necessarily someone who's older than you, just someone who's further along and where you're leading. You know, read everything you can get your hands on. Uh, a lot of leaderships trial and learning what you. Think and what you believe and how you react to certain things. You can accelerate that by reading because you can learn and think through things, even though they're not actually happening in your real life. You know, nothing, nothing can replace actual experience, but reading and studying and learning, you know, what what thought leaders and what other leaders have done and said can. Certainly help you kind of move forward and learn by example and learn how to think through and solve problems before they even come up. And so you may be more prepared as a leader moving forward if you learn all you can and you're not afraid to ask for help.
0: Great advice. Um, where can my listeners find you online?
1: Oh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Josh A. Andrews on Twitter. Um, you can also take a look uh, at blog at Legal2, that's legal englishorg um and i also have a, a a free membership um at legal2english.academy um which can help you learn more about the legal that impacts your business especially for business leaders and things like that uh because like i said my goal is to make sure that everyone has access to quality legal information um and then legal to english also has a facebook page at facebook.com slash legal to english and i'm josh andrews on facebook if you like
0: all right josh i'll make sure to have those sites linked up in the show notes along with the two books you recommended thanks for being on the show today well thank you it was it was a pleasure i
1: i enjoyed talking to you i
0: hope you enjoyed listening to josh andrews as much as i enjoyed talking with him one of the great things I took away from this discussion was that we will face disputes in our leadership no matter what. This is due to our fallen nature. Disputes are not something we should be afraid of. Instead, we should embrace them as a learning opportunity. If you want the show notes for this episode, you can get them at jmlalone.com 011. There, you will find the show notes, great quotes from Josh, and links to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Speaking of iTunes and Stitcher, Would you do me a huge favor? Go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a rating and review. This helps get the word out about the show. Thank you for listening in, and until next time, lead well.